Welcome to the Browns cast. I'm your host, Kogs. Uh, we got a big game this week, not the biggest game, like I've been saying the past couple times, but this is an important game because we need a win here. We got, we're three and two. We've lost a turnover battle in every single game. Show me how many teams have lost the turnover battle in 100% of the games and have a winning record. That's a testament to how good the Cleveland Browns defense truly is. That is crazy. We need to stop turning the ball over. Do I think that will begin today? I do not. Now, it looks like Deshaun Watson is going to be playing. Now, on the last podcast, we thought there was no chance that was happening. In fact, we thought Stefanski was just making the other team do more work by showing in that 20 minutes where the media is allowed to watch the warm-ups and practice, they had Deshaun throwing the balls. And then immediately when the media leaves, we thought PJ Walker would get all the attempts. And they're just like, oh, shoot, who do we who do we watch film on? Now we got to watch film on PJ Walker and Deshaun Watson. But it actually looks like after Friday, when Deshaun has gotten all the reps, and Mary Kay has been reporting on this very well, saying that it looks like he is going to play against the Colts with no restrictions. So that is massive. Deshaun has had he's had multiple 300 plus yard games against the Colts in the past. He is two and five against them, but he's had more than one game over 370 passing yards in Indianapolis. But again, two and five, but he's had some big, big games there. Um, The Colts um, are an interesting team and why this game is iffy to me is it reminds me of a story Nick Saban tells when he was the graduate assistant early in the eighties with the Ohio state Buckeyes. So Nick Saban was a graduate assistant and the Ohio State Buckeyes were going to Michigan to play in a game where they were massive underdogs and pretty much guaranteed to lose. They were like 20 plus point underdogs, maybe 28 point underdogs. And the weather was freezing and they were just a much better team. Michigan was. And all week, the team was just locked in. They wanted to beat this team. They wanted to prove something. And I think even Bill Parcells came in to talk to the team, told a story about how when he played high school basketball, you're not allowed to say anything to the refs. And he said something to the refs and therefore his coach like kicked him, uh, like basically uh, benched him. And then he didn't play for the next few games because he didn't listen to the one rule, which is do not talk to the refs. Now the team got pumped up and was locked in. They were like, we're going to go all out. We're going to beat Michigan. We're going to prove the world wrong. They went to Michigan and they ended up beating them like pretty handily. It was ended up being by like a touchdown. It was like 13 to seven. It was very low scoring, but they ended up winning and they should have gotten crushed. And after the game, all the players were saying, Oh my God, I wish we could play the best team in the country. I wish we could play anyone else. I wish we could play another game. We will win. And I believe Woody Hayes was the coach or, and Nick Saban. And they said, no, 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 no. You are thrilled that there is no other game because any team that we would play next would beat you. And what he meant by that was they gave everything they had to win that game emotionally, physically, everything that they had to win that game against Michigan, that no matter who they played next, they had nothing left in the tank and they would lose even though they thought they could go and beat everyone because they had the momentum. But really, they expended every jewel of energy they had left. That is the Cleveland Browns this week against the Colts. This defense gave everything they had to beat the 49ers last week, and they succeeded. And now they're coming into a Colts team that they are actually better than on offense and defense. But because they expended all of their energy, I am concerned 
that this could be a down game where the Colts end up winning because of that story that Nick Saban tells. So the good news, the good news is Deshaun Watson looks like he's playing with no restrictions. That's a big deal. That's a big, 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 big deal. Okay. It looks like Joel Batonio is back. Massive deal. Now, is this season different? Last time I said, is this season different? I was wrong. And the Browns lost. They got crushed by the Ravens. Destroyed. But I do believe this season is different. It is different. 1,002 yards through five games. Best since 1971 and 1970. You got to think something's going on here. And I think that they have an emotional uh, battery in this defense that they will not have down weeks. And, you know, sure, they're going to have some big plays and maybe we're losing for a decent amount of the game, but they got to win this game to set the momentum for the rest of the season because sitting at four and two, losing the turnover battle every single week is a big deal. And so prediction is, and it's tough for me to say this because of that story I just told you. Last week, we predicted 17-16 49ers. We almost nailed it, but we didn't calculate the field goal. Let's see how accurate we could do this week. 26-18 Browns. 26-18 Browns. Now, the Colts are coming off a 37-20 loss against the Jags. Now, they beat the Titans before, but we destroyed the Titans. They beat them 23-16. They have some decent wins. All their wins, except the Titans, are away. They beat the Texans at Houston, 31-20, which is a good win. They're a pretty good team. They beat the Ravens. Remember that game where Minshew came in? They won in overtime at Baltimore, 22-19. That's massive. Baltimore destroyed us. Now, you can't compare a team that you play to play another team that you beat. That doesn't work. Every team's different. But that's a big win. They lost against the Rams, and they lost against the Jags last week, and they lost against the Jags in the first week. So they lost against the Jags twice, and then the Rams. Uh, Anthony Richardson is out for the season, as you know. And they have a their second round, 13th pick of the second round. Uh, JJ or Julius Brents, cornerback, Kansas State, is starting on one side. Um, and then they have a veteran on the other side. So you're going to hear people talk about how they have two rookies starting. That is not true at cornerback. Uh, they actually have a rookie, uh, Juju Brents. Uh, but then on the other side, they got Kenny Moore the second, uh, who's in his seventh season with the Colts, actually, who's on the other side. So they have a veteran on their side. Not great. So we should be able to be pretty good in the passing game. There's really no excuse. They have a very, very young, inexperienced secondary, and not they don't have outstanding players. When you talk about the run game, Grover Stewart is suspended. One of the best rush defenders in the league. Defensive tackle. Monster. Now Tavon Bryan is starting in his spot because Grover Stewart was using PDs or whatever he got suspended for, and he's not playing. So we got to get the run game in, but we got to keep up the energy. We got to keep up the momentum. We got to keep up that, that will to win no matter what, like we had against the 49ers. Now, our defense, most concerning is we, we go up man-to-man -man a lot. And so it leaves a lot of room for error if we're not getting to the quarterback. Colts have a decent offensive line. I think very much underrated. And even though we have the best defensive front in the league, I can see them holding us off because of this energy depletion in the beginning. And, and wide receivers like Michael Pittman Jr. can go ahead and get open on Denzel or whatever side he's on. Maybe he's in the slot against Newsom. 
he has the ability to get open. They have Minshew is not exactly a backup quarterback. He is like an upper middle class backup quarterback, meaning he is like borderline starter backup. He's like the blur between the lines, like 34th quarterback, you know, 37th quarterback. He could definitely be a starter. You very rarely see a quarterback, a backup quarterback with like a touchdown interception ratio as good as his. I mean, it's literally like, like 40 to 17. I mean, it's really good. Really, really good. Um, so he's a solid quarterback. I think Jim Schwartz watching tape on him can really do some damage. Uh, but again, the Colts are an interesting team. We expend a lot of energy. They're coming off a pretty big loss against the Jags, so they're frustrated. They're at home. Watson's 2-5 and five against them, but has had multiple 370-yard-plus games against them. So he could play a big game, and he's back, and our team should be pumped. So why don't we get into the preview of the game? Take it on the other side. This is the week seven game preview. And then we'll talk about the rushing attack with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor is fully back. So it's really going to come down to how well we can stop their rush uh, offense because they really do have a two-headed monster because Zach Moss is playing extremely well, extremely well. Here's Cleveland Browns versus Indianapolis Colts 2023 week seven game preview. We don't have to show you no stinking offense. Let's see, how about Browns didn't have their starting quarterback and the end of last week's game still resulted in joy for Browns players, fans, and especially their defense. Owusu Koromoa got enough depth that he's able to elevate that ball and he just is able to get his hands on it. And Purdy's lucky that wasn't a pick. Dog Pound is asking itself, if the mighty vaunted San Francisco offense can't put up more than 17 points on us, how in the world is a Gardner Minshew-led Colts offense going to? Purdy slings it in. Intercepted! Martin Emerson has it. Yeah, well, holding San Francisco without CMC and Debo at the end is one thing. The Colts offense, well, it's one of the offenses in the NFL. So stay in your lane, bro. And reality check. Cleveland held Christian McCaffrey to under four yards a carry before he left hurt. Colts' best two offensive players are probably running backs. The Browns have held backs to 3.8 a carry. McCaffrey in trouble, and he is stacked up and is going to lose a couple yards. Indy's O, powered in theory by Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, they combined for 40 yards in Week 6, neither guy hitting at even 3.1 a run. One play here, this is Taylor, and he's unable to find the edge. They only had 15 touches between them. They were chasing early versus Jacksonville, and that didn't bode well for Gardner Minshew. He looked very much like the real Uncle Rico, throwing three INTs. Minshew frustrated down to wobbling pass, intercepted. Throwing the ball on Cleveland is not how you want to try and move the ball either, especially if you don't have a run game keeping them honest. Brown's DBs holding QBs to a low 70s rate now made Brock Purdy look like a dude who went last in the NFL draft. Held the league's rating king to a mid-50s rating, just 4.6 yards per attempt allowed, only 125 yards. Really nice job. Well, Tom Ward got there just as that ball got to IU. Minshew will have to perform under pressure, and he does have a mid-80s rating versus four or more pass rushers. Browns with one of the highest blitz rates in the NFL. He gets the snap. He's pressured by the outfield. It's sacked. The Colts face an uphill climb to Bob Rossland. Cleveland could too, depending on whether Deshaun Watson's shoulder is better. P.J. Walker filled in last week, no touchdowns, two INTs, rating under 50. 
but the only drive that mattered was his last. Four-man rush. Walker taps it, throws it near side. First down, David Bell. Still, the Browns would love to have Watson back this week. Whoever the QB is will have Amari Cooper to work with. He had 108 yards with Walker throwing to him against San Francisco's star-studded defense. Here's Walker. He has some time. Going to walk it up. Cooper's wide open. He's got it. Makes the move. Cooper. He seems like he could have another big game, being the Colts have allowed a 99 rating to whiteouts in 2023. It's Puka Nakua in overtime! Indianapolis' secondary wasn't terrible versus Trevor Lawrence last week, though. Picked him off, held him to just 181 yards. Lawrence's pass is intercepted, and Juju Brents was there to pounce. The Colts played the pass well enough, played the run well enough, held the Jaguars to 4 for 14 on third down, they're feeling like Shaggy. 37 points on the counter wasn't me. Feeling the pressure just flings oh, it near side. Boy, that was nearly picked. Colts also held Travis Etienne to 3.1 a carry, Jacksonville to 2.9 a run. And that wasn't a fluke, holding running backs to 3.6 a carry for the season. Etienne is ripped down behind the line of scrimmage. Browns will want to lean on their run game plenty, no matter who's behind center. Jerome Ford, 84 yards versus a tough San Francisco front, 4.9 a carry. Kareem Hunt scored. The Browns went for 160 rush yards versus San Francisco, 4.7 per. Going to flip it to Hunt. He's got blocks. Kareem Hunt all the way. Touchdown, Cleveland. Browns are starting to believe the Colts facing a season that will require a lot of Minshew magic. He's the modern-day Fitz magic, so don't count anything. All right, so that's the preview for the game. Um Man, this is this is an interesting matchup. You know, Indianapolis is not great, but they're not as bad as you think. That's they're just an interesting team. Listening to a lot of Colts podcasts this past week, they're pretty down in their team. They all have the Browns winning. Um, again, I have the Browns winning, but that energy is what I'm most concerned about. Did they deplete it all? But on the flip side, the other great thing about these Browns is that they have the best chemistry and energy between one another. I've never seen a Browns team have each other's back and truly love playing with each other than this team. There is more just good vibes and just awesome intensity and just positivity that this team has that I have never seen in Cleveland in since 1999, including 1999. I've never seen a Browns team have this type of chemistry. I mean, this defense is locked in. Like Miles Garrett says, they're close because they hold hands and they eat dinner together. All right. This team is solid and they got each other and they can lift each other up and the defense does it for the offense and the offense does it for the defense. You got people who've been quiet their whole careers like Amari Cooper now stepping up to be a leader. Chubb was doing the same until he got hurt because they want to win. This team wants to win badly. They got some vets on this team that have great careers like Amari Cooper and they want to win. They know they're getting older and so they're using their leadership. Historically, Amari Cooper would just been quiet. Now he goes up to the defense and says, that play, Miles, gets me fired up. Now I want to perform a play. That's what they do to each other. They feed off each other. And that is going to be the difference between winning and losing for the Cleveland Browns. Four and two after this week. Massive, massive game. We got to stop Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. I worry about it. I think one of them probably does get close to 100 yards. Minshew, again, do not sleep on Garden Minshew. He is a pretty solid quarterback. He is a, a fantastic backup. Fantastic backup, okay? Very good backup. And he is an okay starter. 
Um, I think Schwartz will probably have his number. And don't forget, you saw, I just it played in the preview, the Jaguars had Garden's number. I think he threw three picks and they really owned him. Now the head coach of the Jags is Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe it was 2017 when they won the Super Bowl. And Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator. So they share a lot of the same philosophies, Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. And now Jim Schwartz is on the Browns playing against the Colts and his former boss played against the Colts last week and dominated on defense. So I'm sure they share some information because they are boys and that's what boys do. They share information. And so that's a big plus. Okay. The Jags did an incredible job against Gardner Minshew, the best of the season actually last week. And Jim Schwartz is in the in with that group, with Doug Peterson, with those Jags coaches. Okay. Same tree, same tree. So you got to remember that too. So I think this defense can do it. And the player that I'm predicting, I want to make a prediction for the raw dog of the week, the best performer of the Cleveland Browns, because I heard him say something that just blew my socks off, blew my socks off. When they were giving the press conference to the players during the week, the Browns, Grant Delpit, who was playing outstanding season, worst game was last week, but before that, lights out, says he gets more excited and more pumped to play away games. He likes to play away games. He likes when the crowd is against them and they just dominate and take the crowd out of the game. Grant Delpit loves dominating on the road rather than home. That is what we call a raw dog. And I think he will be the raw dog of the week. I think Grant Grant Delpit's going to have a massive game. He's pumped up. He's playing great. And he's ready to play on the road. And he's ready to bring that energy to Indianapolis in the Dome, which might be closed now. I saw saw a video of it this morning. It looked like it was closed. They like opening it in like 50-degree weather. Very weird. But I think it's going to be closed. So... Watch out for Grant Delpit. That's the prediction for the best performer this week. I see him getting a pick and a fumble recovery, perhaps one for a touchdown, but he probably rushes it back to like the three-yard line and gets tackled. If that happens, then you know the Browns cast brings you the best information in the land. So big, big, big game. We're going to analyze on the other side. You could follow on X, which was formerly Twitter, at KOGZ. We'll tweet updates or X updates, whatever you want to call it, throughout the game. Big, big game, not massive game, not as big as the games as the past couple weeks or the past two games, but it is a big game, big momentum shift, and will be really nice. I'll tell you what, four and two and three and three is a very big difference. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it's always nice beating a team that beat the best team in your division, which is the Ravens right now. And this team beat the Ravens 22-19 in week three. And if we could beat them, at least we could say, oh, we beat the team that you lost to, even though it means nothing. It would be very nice. It's all going to come down to Deshaun Watson and how well he can play. And if the energy of the defense can keep up from what they did last week, which usually does not happen. But if this defense is different, if this is an all-time defense going to break the records, then they are going to beat those expectations of having down games. They will win. They will win. All right. We got to stop them. We could do it. Final score, 26-18, Cleveland Browns. And that means that, I guess against the line, that means we would take the Brownies because they're minus three and a half. The Brownies are minus three and a half. And uh, the over-under, I believe, is 40 and a half. They have a 59.9% chance of winning the Cleveland Browns. Uh, The weather there is 58 degrees. We'll see if it's open or not. Uh, Cleveland is favored by three and a half. The over under is 40 and a half. That's so low. I want to take the under, but I just said the 
Final score is going to be 26-18. I believe that puts it over. It definitely puts it over. So I'm actually going to take the over this time. The first time I've ever said take the over in a Browns game. It's crushing my soul to say that, but I'm going to say take the over of the Browns game. Over 40 and a half. And again, apparently, I don't like taking away favorites, but I called it 26-18. So you got to bet it with the Browns on this one. There's going to be 63,000 loud there. We'll see. I saw the Browns tailgating pretty well, so we'll see what happens. All right. That's the Browns. Watch out for Grant Delpit. Deshaun Watson, is he playing? Is he not? Looks like he is. Uh, we'll do the injury report real quick. Uh, Taki Taki is out. Greg Newsom's questionable, should be playing. Deshaun Watson, questionable. Looks like he's playing. Kareem Hunt, questionable. I think he's playing. Harrison Bryant, questionable, should be playing. Anthony Richardson, injured reserve. He's out for the season. Kylan Granson is out. Uh, Braden Smith, offensive tackle, is out. And Alec Pierce, wide receiver, is questionable. I actually don't think he's playing. Total yards per game. The Browns are averaging 345.2. They're averaging 359.8. Uh, we're averaging 198 yards passing. They're averaging 243 yards passing. We're averaging 147 yards rushing. They're averaging 116 yards rushing. Everything is backwards. It should be the opposite both ways. Yards allowed. The Browns are, are uh, allowing 222 yards a game, which is made up of 143 passing yards and 79 rush yards. And the Colts, on their hand, are letting up almost 400, 379 yards. And that is 265 pass yards and 114 rush yards a game. So that's all you need to know for today's matchup. One o'clock, Indianapolis, where the Colts are three and three, one and two at home. The Browns are three and two, only 0 and one away. We haven't played many away games. Well, here we go. Let's start now. Go Browns. I'll see you on the other side.